the best and the worst of 90s teen horror. I'm Kirsty Logan, this is my co-host Heather Parry. And we're in a garden again. Yay! I'm going to stop saying that because we're just... We're just in the garden. That's just what Guys, we, where we live that's just what now. we're doing. That's <laughs> just what we're doing. We've got our big coats on. Yep. It's fucking August. It's not August. I wish it was fucking <laughs> August. It's autumn is yep. the word I was going for. It's autumn in Scotland and we're outside. So that's how much we love you and are dedicated to abiding by the rules. Yep. Um, and our rules this mini-sode season... Oh, nice segue. It was nice. terrible, but thank you. That was good. We're doing a pre-season seven, pre-Halloween countdown of 13 More Tales of Horror, <gasps> where we do one story in a mini-sode every single day. Um, and if you're thinking, what do you mean 13 more? Where's the original 13 Tales of Horror? Last year, that's where. You can find them on the feed still from last year. Exactly, except it was 14 last year, wasn't it? Fucking thank you, Christopher, Christopher Pike. Pike. You dick. So today we're doing the quite horribly titled Softies by Stan Nichols. Just that title. Yeah. It's gross, isn't it? Yeah. Kirsty, what the fuck kind of <laughs> like furry erotica is this? It's Why don't you tell us all about it? Oh I god. Can't wait. I feel like you're gonna have a theory. <laughs> I don't have a theory. I just am well, really uncomfortable it... with the analogy that it's working. I mean, towards. yeah, is it meant to be an allegory? Yeah. It's kind of a gross one, yeah. but I will get into it. Okay, so there's not really that much in the way of plot, to be honest with you. Um, so here's the main TLDR, which is what we should have called this podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, that's TLDR. good. Why didn't we God. think of that? Um, so it's set in a world where humans and companions, that is living teddy bears or stuffed animals who've been somehow imbued with real life. But like massive human-sized ones. Yeah are bonded together at birth and stay together for their whole lives. So what essentially, this is a Black Mirror episode before Black Mirror was a glint in Charlie Brooker's eye. Um, or is he Stan Nichols? Oh my God. I mean, it would make sense. Plot twist. Yeah. How old is he? Maybe he was reading these. Like mid forties. A bit older than us, isn't he? Yeah. So he probably wasn't reading these books, but maybe he did. I don't know. I'm not going to age shame anyone. I think his wife is about our age oh, yeah. so maybe she told him about them Connie Hook yeah <laughs> she seems a real babe like I like her yeah she was a presenter of a kids show when we were like younger um, for anyone who's not from the UK anyway uh, so yeah they get bonded together and it, I, I mean it, it's just a horrifying tableau isn't it really and we see a baby getting bonded to its um, companion which is like a, what's it called when you dip the baby in the christening? Holly? Yep, that's the one. Um, it's like dip a, the baby? You know, whatever they do. I don't you know. just plonk it in. I'm not Catholic. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so they have their parents there, and then the parents are like, us three will look after this baby for the whole rest of its life. Very strange. Worse is that they say that they will be friends, consorts, and soulmates for the rest of their life. Now, I looked up the word consort to make sure it meant what I thought it meant. A wife, husband, or companion, in particular the spouse of a reigning monarch. So it really does mean they're going to fuck. Oh. Yeah. Wow, I didn't think of that. Mm, 
I don't like it. I don't like it. There is one bit that's creepy where at the start the main character's at this party or a wedding. Is it a wedding? It's a wedding reception. And he goes to this like other room where all the softies are, all the companions are. And they're like all standing silently in the dark. Mm. That's quite creepy. And he's like, is this what they do when we're not looking? These like full size, all different teddy bears as like pandas and rabbits and everything. But also weird because, okay, so uh, the journalist is called Piers, who immediately I hate, I hate because... You, don't, you can't trust anyone called Piers. Especially not a journalist. <laughs> no. <laughs> Immediate dickhead. Um, he's at a wedding reception and he's pissed that his companion, Mr. T, refused to come with him. So they have got like self-awareness and they have got free will. But also, why do you want him to come with you if they all then have to keep stay in a room on their own? What kind That's of weird, gross, fucked up, like 24-7 dumb situation is that they've got going on? Oh, it is like that. Isn't it? Mm, I don't like it. So the entire, all humans are doms then? Yeah. And these companions are like completely unwilling. It's not BDSM. It's, it's, that is not BDSM. Well, we'll get onto what unwilling. it is because that's awful what it is mm-hmm. as well. Um, so he meets another guy and they talk about general stuff. And then as they part, he notices the man's bare companion, not like <laughs> nude. I mean, are they clothed? <laughs> well, have they got genitalia? What's going on? The bear gives him a look of savage hatred. Mm, okay. So back home, Mr. T is moody. They're very much given the like bitch wife role in this like weird 1950s sitcom world that we're in but he's like massive and hairy he's like a, a bear daddy but also a bitch wife <laughs> it's all very confusing bear daddy Stan and bitch Nichols. wife another lesbian Sick therapy <laughs> um, so yeah Mr. T is moody and says it has never occurred to Piers that he might want a life of his own and then Piers gets a call about someone's companion who has been attacked but at the station he finds that the police don't care much for companions and the officer has in fact got rid of his completely and they don't really like say how he's been gotten rid of um but it's presented as like that's quite shocking yeah he's like oh my god i can't believe like i didn't even know you could do that i thought you just had your companion forever but then we get this line assaulting a companion is not the same as assaulting a human is it so you've then got this like apart i mean you've already got this apartheid like society but you've then got this one where you've got literally lower class citizens you might see where this is going now and unfortunately it is so yeah this idea that if you assault a companion it's property damage yep mm, huh where don't like that where, where have we you... heard something like that before I, I like, feel like in history maybe <laughs> like it's coming in history out. that's been very much discussed lately hmm yeah well let's carry on and see if anything comes up uh so Piers being a journalist um like wants to find out what's going on here and then he sees some toy giving like a note to someone else's companion and he's like oh look at that that's unusual so he gets his nose sniffing around in there uh, and he finds out that the companions don't like beers (laughs) he finds out that the companions are organizing and eventually tracks down a meeting in a basement where Kirsty, a revolution is occurring. <gasps> now let me. Is it a scary revolution? <clears throat> well, let me read some of the really truly terrible stuff that's going on. <clears throat> Rufus, I think Rufus is a bear, uh, raised his arms and the silence was broken. A great roar went up. Piers took advantage of it, blah, blah, blah. Rufus addressed the crowd Brothers and sisters. Yes, they actually say brothers and sisters. The time of our deliverance draws near. We have suffered long enough. The humans demand our love, our devotion, our obedience. What do they give us in return? Contempt. What rights do we have? The rights of property, of owned things. Are we not as they in our hearts? If they wound us with their tongues, do we not grieve? If they prick us, do we not cry out? If they cut us, does our stuffing not flow? So, 
I'm very uncomfortable with the fact that this is a slavery allegory, but rather than African Americans, we have fucking teddy bears. And we're supposed to identify with the slave owners. Yeah. <laughs> which is the worst part. Yeah. We're supposed to be like, those slaves are frightening, aren't they? Like, I feel like it very much undermines uh, everything. <laughs> and also, I'm going to just go back on my own language there. Not slave, enslaved person. Yeah, good call. Um, I just feel like it's really badly thought out. I just feel like it shouldn't have happened. I think at the time, you could have got away with it just but it really not that it was acceptable it was accepted yeah. but not acceptable yeah. but it has not aged well at all and I think that's the real thing about horror like I love horror massive horror nerd but I think where horror doesn't age well it's because of who, who we're expected to identify with and what we're expected to see as the source of horror yeah and this kind of like othering it just it really doesn't age well but I like it I feel like it's weird because he he is trying to say like um, isn't this terrible? But also, he is. We are intended to be like the humans in this. The humans in inverted commas. We're meant to be like, oh no, that's us, and they would be the horrible white but, people. But then also, I feel like is that maybe he is trying to be smart with it because I feel like when you hear the dialogue from that meeting, you're like, yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, let me read you the end. <clears throat> so Piers goes back to Mr. T, who's actually called like. Mr. Ted, I think? Thrufty or something. Like, something that's quite... Un- <laughs> I thought it was Mr. Ted. No, it's not. It's Mr. Thumpy. Oh, yeah. Mr. Thumpy. Which, again, let's you not think would, about that too much. You would think it was a rabbit. Um, the bear threw back his head and gave a short, hollow laugh. And that perhaps if we work together, blah, blah, blah. No, Piers, it's too late. What, you know what harm... You know what can harm us, and we've suffered too much to let you ruin things. I'm sorry. He extended his arm to the radio on the sideboard and snapped it on. Loud music bo- boomed from it. Then Piers saw the wickedly curved knife in Mr. T's leather paw. The sound of the radio smothered his screams. The bear fed the last of the photographs into the fire, into the hearth, and then tossed the negatives after them. It was a pity about Piers, he thought. As humans went, he wasn't too bad, but it was a matter of survival now, and nobody could be allowed to stand in their way. So you are supposed to be terrified about this uprising of people who've been formerly second-class citizens. Or are we supposed to... I mean, Piers just come across like a real knobber. Maybe we're meant to like Mr. T. Maybe. Maybe? But they are... Oh, yeah, I don't know. They're quite creepy. It's weird, isn't yeah. it? It's like, what are you trying to do? You've made, like, these really cute, furry creatures be, like, the murderous underlings. But then also, you're really definitely trying to do, like, a slavery allegory. I mean, yeah, the, very particularly the dialogue at the meeting. You're like you're really making this very obvious. I feel like it, yeah, at best, it's horribly offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, nah. I feel like if they yeah. reprinted this, they'd change that or take it out completely. Because the thing is, you could rework it from the point of view of the Ted, the softies, which would be quite horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. But that would just be too horrible for a teenage, like, horror book. Yeah, that's Wouldn't true. it? Like, well, I don't think so. I mean, teens are a lot, I was going to say, smarter than we were. I don't know if smart is the right word. Definitely a lot more socially conscious yeah. than we were. More than educated I was. as well. Yeah. Because they've just got had 
through, all, through their entire lives, they've had access to like the entirety of human knowledge. Whereas we didn't get it until we were about 15. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought this was like weird and creepy about like the rooms full of silent things yeah. and, and the sort of like, you know, split nature of society. I thought, oh, this is really strange and bizarre. And when you start reading it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is yeah. not like a traditional horror story. It feels really out of place. And then you go, oh, wait, no, it's completely socially unaware and <laughs> If you read it on like pure surface, like just for the creepy visuals and stuff, it works quite well. But the second you think about it, it's actually horrible. The fact that Rufus sounds like almost exactly like, for instance, Malcolm X, really yeah. is not like. I was, I was like, wow, I cannot believe I this is actually happening. I think he's trying to play that for laughs, you know, when he's like, doesn't our stuffing come out? Yeah. And you're like, oh, where are we going with this? Yeah. It was, um, I don't. Uh, is it good though? It's mm. difficult, isn't it? Because like. <laughs> On a surface level, yeah. Weird. The second you think about it... Awful. <laughs> so I guess three? Yeah. I mean, it's given us something to talk about and learn from. True. Which is to never do this. And also, if you're writing horror, I think it's just really good to think about what what are you making the source of your horror and why? Yeah. Who is the reader intended to identify with? And what... Yeah, what is the horror? Is the horror what's been done? Or is the horror... The idea that someone might rise up against you. Yeah. And there's some brilliant stuff online. Jen Campbell in particular has written a lot about uh, Disney villains and disability and scarring being used as a sign of evil. Mm. And there's loads of other people have also written about horror that shows like body uh, difference, like bodily difference or bodily scarring or damage as being like a source of horror. And how that just doesn't, it just doesn't sit that well. Mm. Like there's better, smarter ways to explore horror, I think. Yeah, and I think that especially now, especially in film, we're getting like a real interesting sort of subversion of these kind of horrible tropes. For sure. Um, Socially conscious horror apparently is the hot new thing. My agent said all the film companies, that's what they're desperate for. Really? Yeah. And, you know, especially a lot of black writers and directors are doing that really, really well. For sure. So, as tax... I think we should all watch one of <laughs> yeah. for having read this uh, truly quite awful story. Yeah, for sure. And tomorrow we are back and we are doing The House That Jack Built. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> and until then, you can find us on Twitter, Teenage Scream underscore, and on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod. And if you want to become a Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Teenage Scream Podcast and... For, I think it's $5 a month, you get a bonus episode every month, whether we're doing seasons or not, and um, a pin badge and our enduring love. A pin badge! Pin badge! Bye! Bye. See you tomorrow! Bye! Bye.